Welcome to Is It Worth It? The Self-Worth Podcast. My name is Roshni. I'm the founder of Self-Worth Coaching and the CEO of Beatty Grew Up, a content creation and coaching platform. This podcast and my work are dedicated to helping you become your most empowered self and to remind you to detach your self-worth from your external life experience. This is powerful work and I am so grateful that you are joining me for another episode. If you've made yourself play small your entire life, done what everyone else wanted, felt uncomfortable setting boundaries, weren't sure if you were really being satisfied or seen or valued in any of your friendships or relationships or even your career life, I am so, so excited to tell you that the doors to my program, I'm Not Asking, are officially open. It's called I'm Not Asking because you are not asking for permission from anyone else any longer. You are not waiting around for anyone else to make decisions for you. You are not waiting around to see how you can please everyone else or how you can sacrifice yourself. The two of us get to work together and do a deep dive into your life. This is the time where we can figure out where you might be self-sabotaging, where you're playing small, where you're holding yourself back so that we can amp up your self-worth, your confidence, and really get you to the place of living your authentic life. This is the time for you to be there for yourself. There are only four spots for this program total. If you are ready to apply or learn more, make sure that you head to the show notes below. And without further ado, let's hop into this incredible episode. I felt called to kind of share my journey in terms of finances and how that has been an area where I have been digging into my self-worth and raising my self-worth more. Um, and especially with finances, you know, I will hear about people who struggled with making money, but then when they're talking about it, they're at the place of making 10K months or more, or they're, you know, well into their six figures or feeling very stable. And that's when they decide to open up about it. And I Again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's beautiful when anyone opens up about their journey, but I just wanted to offer kind of a different experience. So I'm not at that place where I have 10K months. I'm not at that place where I am completely stable, even if it may seem that way. I actually shared this in my um, episode on my foundations and my self-worth story. I think that was one of my first episodes. And I shared how when I started the podcast, I had recently been laid off from my job. So I think I started at the beginning of the year in 2020. I think I recorded some episodes in February of 2020. And I had lost my job at the end of November, beginning of December in 2019. So the company closed down um, I lost my job and because of that, I ended up being able to qualify for benefits basically. And so, um, I, you know, knew that the standard was six months for benefits and I obviously knew I had to apply for jobs in the meantime. So I, you know, was applying for jobs. I was taking, you know, doing tons of interviews and things like that. But I also realized this could be the only six months of my life where I have money coming in through these benefits. And so I can, work on my business full time, right? So I'd already been working on my business for a few years. I'd been doing YouTube and creating content and 
I had a long way to go before I was going to get paid through YouTube. And I also was still kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with coaching. I wasn't sure if I was good at it. I, you know, was really learning and kind of finding my gears in terms of all of that. So I didn't have any paid clients at the time. And I just figured, you know what, this is a blessing. This is like so hard um, for the first couple of months of losing that job, especially because um, I lost it at the beginning of December and my partner worked at the same place. So he was losing his job as well. And his last day was closer to the end of December. So we both were losing our jobs and we live together. And so being like facing the fact that we could be in a home with no income was obviously super scary. And the way that I lost my job, there was a lot of like office politics involved. And even though the company was closing down, there was even more drama because of that. And so that really sucked. I'd never been in that position before. And I felt so hopeless. Like I felt like I it was a mistake leaving my previous job voluntarily. I felt like everything that I'd done in my life was wrong. I was just being so hard on myself and I was convincing myself that I didn't have a future that I had, you know, that I just screwed up and that there was no going back and it felt terrible. But I worked through that and I decided ultimately this is going to be a blessing because I'm going to make it a blessing. And so I took it as an opportunity to start working on my business and treating it like I was doing it full time. It was almost like a form of manifestation, right? I was like, I have money coming in. I have a lot more time than I've had before. So I'm going to crank out some work. I'm going to make videos. I'm going to create content. I um, started sharing more on Instagram. I really started putting all of my effort and all of my work when I wasn't applying for jobs into that. And then because of the COVID pandemic, this obviously, I started getting my benefits in February of 2020. Um, so I also went a few months without any money and that in itself was scary. And that was probably the scariest part for sure. Um, but then in March was when sadly my dog passed away. And then the next couple of days after she passed was when the pandemic started, you know, coming into the US when we all started going into lockdown. And you know, the story from there. So around July or June, I believe, of 2020, um, my benefits ended up getting extended. So I thought I was only going to have until July of 2020. I said, if I have, you know, these six months where I'm making money, I'm going to try and make it the best six months I possibly can by working on my business. And since then, they got extended and then they got extended again and then they got extended again. And so um, while it's not like I was, you know, making bank or anything, I was was able to save the little bit of money I was making outside of, you know, using it for my bills and rent. And I used some of that money to invest in things like B-School. I invested in a couple of business programs um, and some group coaching programs. And I just spent my time working on my business. And there were moments in there where, you know, there was a time where for three months I didn't get paid and I wasn't getting any jobs. And again, things felt hopeless. Like it has been such an up and down journey and I don't want to make it seem like any part of it was easy or like it was smooth sailing because at every time before things got extended, I didn't know it was going to be extended. And so there was a real moment, you know, every few months essentially where 
I didn't know what was around the corner where I was freaking out. And part of what made this such a bumpy ride was right before the pandemic began, I ended up spending over $1,000 on my sweet dog Daisy because of her heart failure at the end of her life and just a few days after that having to put her down, which also cost money, of course. And that in itself was not only emotionally draining, but really financially scary because at that point, everything was just running off of the small savings that we had. The benefits weren't really in full effect yet. I was getting some money, but my partner hadn't been getting his yet. And so it was really difficult. And then throughout most of 2020, I was having significant car problems. My car was from 2003. It had all these existing problems when I got it used. And so the random breaking down of the car, it broke down on the highway once and I had to pay an arm and a leg to get it towed back to uh, where I live. And so there were so many additional things that were coming up. That's what made it extra difficult, right? It wasn't just that I wasn't sure when my income was getting was coming in. It wasn't just that I didn't know when my next payment would arrive or if benefits would be extended. It was all of the little things that life brought up in the meantime, right? That made it extra difficult. And I'm kind of in that position as well now because um, it's now September of 2021 and the last benefit payment was September 4th. And so I still had money left in my benefit payment, but a lot of Americans did, and they are still just not paying it out. So even the money that was promised me, even the money that I thought I could count on just kind of went away. And I'm now again in that position where I'm trying to figure things out. And of course, I've been applying for jobs this entire time for almost two years. It has never been difficult for me to get a job. Previously, um, I had my job after graduating college, literally the week before I graduated, everything was lined up. And so I'd never experienced this kind of hardship when it comes to not being able to get a job. And while at some points in my journey, I was like judging myself and talking myself down and saying, how stupid can you be that you're not even landing a simple job? How dumb can you be? And you know, what's wrong with you? And there were moments where that was definitely my self-talk, right? But there were other moments where I was almost laughing at how basic some of these jobs were that I was applying to. I was applying to some high-level jobs and then also applying to, you know, some more basic customer service jobs and things like that. And I still wasn't even getting the basic ones, right? And I almost had to take a step back and laugh because I'm so far overqualified for some of the roles I was applying for. And I had to realize that it was the universe sending me a sign, right? Or at least that's how I chose to think about it. I was like, if all these things aren't lining up, but somehow things keep getting extended and I'm not even able to get these simple jobs that I'm overqualified for that I would be well underpaid in, like, I just realized that the universe was shutting all these doors for a reason, right? And that's at least how I chose to cope with it and deal with it. So I, you know, kind of started laughing at how ridiculous the whole situation was and decided all I can do is work on my business. That's the only thing I have control over is the jobs I'm applying to and the work that I'm doing through my business. And in September of 2020, um, so basically a year ago, I decided to launch my tarot and self-worth coaching sessions. And that was the first time that I'd really put my all into a launch and put it out there. I would mention coaching prior to that. I would mention that I had sessions, but I just 
was kind of lacking faith in myself around it, right? And with tarot, something about creating that offer really got me excited. It made me feel like I could trust in my gifts. I also started out, you know, giving the service away for free to three beta clients and got their testimonials, got their feedback. And that also kind of gave me the confidence that I needed to really believe in the service. And so from there, that first weekend, I made like three or four sales. Um, it was about a hundred dollars for a session. So at that point, I was really proud of myself. It was the first real money that I'd ever made in my business outside of, you know, writing a Medium article that I got paid for, which was also a few hundred dollars. Um, and I felt really good. You know, it felt like things were on an upward roll. I published the Medium article. I got published in Human Parts. I started making some money off of it. And then a month or a couple of months later was when I started making money through tarot and through my clients. And that's what really helped me rewrite my story that even if I wasn't making thousands, there were people who believed in me enough to invest in me. And I took that really seriously. I offered my clients the best service. I had so much great feedback from them. I could sense their energy changing by the end of our readings or by the end of our sessions. And it just felt incredible. And after that, I launched Not Your Betty, my self-worth, uh, my self-trust course for South Asian women and femmes. And that course um, landed two clients and I was really proud of myself. And I was going on a walk in the process of the launch and someone emailed me that had had a single session self-worth coaching with me a few months prior to that. And they wanted to book sessions and I was able to close a deal with them for five sessions um, together. And so I was able to, you know, make multiple, like almost another $500 through that. And it was through through those little decisions that I was building my confidence around money, that I was telling myself that I am worth earning money, that my business is worth earning money, that my coaching skills are worth earning money. So that made me feel amazing. And through this whole process, I realized how much finances were an area of my life that I was working through self-worth in. So I've mentioned this before, and that's actually the basis of this whole podcast is how self-worth affects different areas of our lives. And depending on our past, even depending on our past lives, depending on just outside circumstances, we can experience those self-worth stories through different areas of our lives, like finances, like relationships. Um, and so for me, the biggest area has been finances. And you can't talk about finances and self-worth without talking about capitalism. And based on my past in, you know, growing up in a low-income family, not having a, enough, having a lot of negative money mindsets around me, a lot of stress around money around me, all of those things really impacted me throughout my upbringing. And that's why it's been such a big story for me in my life. But what I've learned is that fear is the most slow-moving emotion. Fear moves slowly through our bodies, and it takes a lot of strength, a lot of work, a lot of intentionality to choose faith over fear. And that's what I've been doing one step at a time, is choosing faith over fear in every moment. Even though I am someone who manifests things all the time, I've seen things manifest in my life time and time again. I've seen how it works. But when it comes to finances, there was such a tie between finances and living in survival mode for me. And 
it was really hard for me to trust to that level where I felt like I was free falling, right? And, you know, my savings has grown even though it might not be a lot compared to quite a few people, I at least have it. And that's more than I've ever had before. I never had enough of an emergency savings account. I never had savings period because I was always living paycheck to paycheck, you know? And so being able to choose faith over fear was something that was really difficult. And I realized I couldn't necessarily just base things off of what I wanted them to be 20 years from now, but I could choose faith in the simple next step that I was taking. And it was that choosing, it was that choice around faith that really pushed me to invest in things like B-School and invest in other group coaching programs because I wasn't doing it only because I thought the money was going to come back to me, but I valued the things that I would learn in those programs that I took, whether they were personal growth related, whether they were business related, there was something there that I thought I could learn from and benefit from. And when you're using part of your savings, when you don't have a job to invest in an online course, it can sometimes feel a little bit scary for sure. And there were times where I was like, is this dumb? Am I making the worst decision? But again, choosing that leap of faith, taking those leaps of faith really made a huge difference in my life because all of those things built confidence in me. All of those things built the muscle of trust when it comes to finances. And I just grew as a person from all of those choices, from all of those programs, and from the practice of spending money, period. I have to say, a lot of people say that, you know, the money that you spend comes back to you, especially when you spend it intentionally and when you spend it with the intention of it coming back to you. And while it didn't always come right back, I think the extensions that I got through my benefits were a sign of that money coming back, right? Because it was something that I didn't predict. I wasn't counting on it. A lot of people assumed we would all be screwed and then things fell into place. I also want to say to all of my entrepreneurs out there, all of my people who have businesses or sell their services or even are working for someone else but have the mentality of going into it because they want to help people, that is how my business started. I was like, I just want to help people. I don't want to charge money. I am scared. And that's why I spent so much time, like 20 hours a week sometimes, creating, editing, posting color correcting, rewatching um, YouTube videos, right? I would post at least one a week, sometimes more, but because of the type of content I was sharing, because I was worried that things I would say would get misconstrued, I spent so much time and energy on every single aspect of the process from creation to editing to uploading to making the perfect thumbnail and a lot of that was because I was so worried, because I doubted myself, but also I felt like it would be easier to focus on creating free content because I I wanted mental health and I wanted these tools to be more accessible and I still absolutely believe that. That's why I continue to make things like this podcast for free, but I'm also now charging for my services and that's something that I wasn't doing at all before and I would say I was a life coach, but I was too afraid to even 
plug myself. I was too afraid to even shout myself out or, you know, really talk about my services and talk about the value that they provide. And I just want to talk about this because I know that so many of you are on a similar journey to me and relate to what I'm saying. But for so many of us, that's how it starts, right? We say, I just want to help people. And then we find a way that we can help people, whether it is through an industry like social work or through counseling or through being a life coach or through being a healer. We all find our different ways of helping people, of creating our place in the world. I'm not doubting your purpose. I'm not doubting your intentions. I think that people who just want to help are the best people. I think they are elevating our collective consciousness to the next level. You as a person who is healing, who is serving, who is doing and doing and doing, you deserve to receive too. You deserve to complete that energetic exchange. And it used to frustrate me or confuse me when I when I heard people use terms like energetic exchange because I was like, well, this is just a way of people tricking me into me spending money on them. And that's not true at all. Because when you end up being, for example, in my life, if I show up to, you know, coach someone and I'm being underpaid, or I'm not getting paid at all, I end up being resentful because I can't sit here elevating someone's life to the next level while I can't pay my bills. I can't be in survival mode myself and helping you thrive because it's just one person in survival mode helping another, right? And those things really do make an impact because if I'm in that place where I am burnt out, it is impossible to help you. It's impossible to get out of my mind and my own thoughts enough that I can focus on you without being biased. That's something that I take really seriously because as a coach, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to help you connect to your intuition, connect to your inner compass, help you find what you want to do, right? When you're confused, when you're lacking clarity, that's my role. And so to be in a place where I'm in survival mode and I'm biased and I only think one thing is right because I'm living through scarcity city and lack, that's not going to be the kind of person that you want to invest in. And I'm not going to do myself or my clients that disservice, disservice by showing up in a session that way, right? And so that's why it's so important to make sure that you're not showing up resentful, that you're not showing up bitter, and that you are actually a blank canvas for your client to work through their issues, right? I'm not in the business of projecting my shit onto someone else and acting like that's okay, because it's not with a lot of people who struggle with low self-worth, we want to just fix other people. We want to just help. We want to just do something for someone else. Sometimes that can be because we want to distract ourselves from our own problems. Sometimes that can be because we are reliving this narrative of us being a caregiver like we did with our parents or with our siblings as a child. And that wasn't fair for us to have to do that. And so that's how we know how to relate to people is by taking care of them. Sometimes it comes from not being able to give ourselves our own sense of worth. And so we just see, we just look for people with problems that we can help because at least seeing that change in them or hoping for that change in them or seeing them need us or want us around gives us a way to feel worthy. It helps us reconnect to that sense of worth because we feel like we can't give it to ourselves. 
but part of having a high self-worth is the ability to receive. Receiving doesn't just mean, you know, receiving money. Receiving can occur through receiving time from someone else, receiving energy, money, gifts, attention, being able to take up space in someone else's life, in a conversation, in a room. Those are all forms of receiving. And when you make yourself small, when you are in this role where you don't take anything, but you just give, 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 you are pushing away the energy of receiving. You're pushing away your ability to receive and you have almost no practice receiving. And something I forgot to mention earlier is that when you are in a state of low self-worth and you are constantly worrying about fixing everyone else, sometimes that also is because you have this need to control because you feel like your own life is out of control or like you can't control your thoughts or what's happening to you. You want to be in that state of control over someone else's life. And that's also where things can get a little bit darker, where you are just doing others a disservice because you're afraid of yourself or of the unknown or the things that you can't control. Control. And that connects back to self-trust, but we'll talk about that in a different episode. So last night I was just watching TV with my partner and I got a few DMs um, from a past client. So I went to listen to them and they had recently purchased a tarot deck and had some questions because a lot of the information that they were finding on tarot was really scary and and I love tarot. I have such a passion for it. And especially when it comes to all things mystical, magical, spiritual, there is so much fear around it. And actually, if you are in this position where you are afraid of or just not really sure or don't know a lot about spiritual things, magical things, but you want to learn more if you have a fear around these things, I have a couple of Instagram lives on my Instagram that I saved as IGTVs. And one of them is about decolonizing my spirituality and how that led me to witchcraft. And there's a second one on simple magical practices that I do that are low cost or free and that are accessible. Um, and so if you are interested in this topic yourself, I definitely recommend checking those two IGTVs out because they will really, really help you take away some of that fear and stigma and also just learn more about the basics. But with that said, um, she had these fears come up, right? And so I sent her some messages back saying, you know, I totally understand. And I offered some tips and some advice and some other resources. And she seemed to be really grateful, right? So she actually asked me, do you mind if I send you a small gift as a token of my appreciation for always answering my questions and being there? And I said, yes, you know, and normally, if it was even a few months ago, I would have said, oh, no, it's what I'm here for. I actually said yes and I said thank you and that felt so good to receive that you know and it wasn't even about the amount of money even though receiving anything was amazing because it wasn't something that I expected at all but it was just the process of me being like yes thank you and saying yes thank you and allowing that gift to come in taught me that I it aligned me with the energy of yes I provided value and yes I deserve to receive for that value I provided. And that makes me even more excited to answer people's questions in the future, not because I'm going to get a gift or someone might surprise me by sending me some money, but because I know now how valuable it really is. And it allowed me to, to value my gifts. And that's something that a lot of us who are healers or who are entrepreneurs or who are our own bosses do 
you spend all your time, you know, listening to yourself or listening to your ideas or practicing your gifts and your strengths, sometimes you forget how magical they are. And that's not anyone's fault, but it's just because you're around it all the time, right? And you get used to it. And so when you remember the power and the value and the strength in what you are offering or what your services are, that aligns you with the whole new frequency of, okay, I am providing so much value. And just because I'm used to it, or just because it's coming from me doesn't make that any less valuable. And that's such a massive mindset shift that a lot of us who are in this arena need to need to make. I also know that I'm healing my money wound because I'm not just intellectualizing it anymore. I'm actually feeling it. And what I mean by that is, you know, years ago, I was reading money mindset books and following these, you know, financial people online. And I still follow, you know, some investing podcasts and things like that. But I used to have to separate it from myself, right? I used to think of have to think of money and money mindsets as a foreign concept. But through this past year of living on the edge and having all these financial risks, essentially, because I have been supported through unemployment benefits, and because I wasn't sure when they were going to end or when they were going to begin, because I wasn't always sure how much I was going to get, all of those things really impacted me and allowed me to live the mindset, right? It, And what was so interesting is that I could get paid the same from one week to the next week, but my money mindset and how I felt about that would change completely. And that's when I knew that it wasn't just, you know, about the actual money in my wallet or the external circumstance. It was all about my mindset because there were some times where I felt so abundant and, you know, like I, I have a roof over my head. I have food in my fridge. I'm not worried about where my next bill is going to get paid from. I have money in savings and money to put in savings. I could go out and, you know, while I wasn't really spending much money on anything during lockdown, if I wanted to order in a pizza, I could do that, right? And so thinking about how abundant I really am, how abundant I am to even have an apartment where I feel like I can be myself, where I can be creative and be authentic and do the things that I want to do because I didn't have that in the home that I grew up in, right? So I really value even just having this space. I was able to see things that way so much of the time, but there were those times where I felt like I don't have anything. I'm living on the edge. I'm going to die. That's how it feels, right? When you're in that survival mode, that survival mindset, and when your finances are either not coming in at all or you're not sure when they're going to come in again, I mean, it really puts you in that state of fear and panic, at least for me it did. Being in those mindsets also helped me realize how much of it was a choice and how much of it I could choose how to feel about because I knew there were people in the, in the world making so much more money than I have than I was but I also knew that they had less free time on their hands than I did right and so there were ways that I had to look at my life, ways that I had to look at things holistically, ways that I had to choose faith over fear, ways that I had to choose looking at my blessings and what my blessings were. But by aligning myself with that abundance, by choosing to stay faithful, it has really helped me grow. And I don't even recognize myself, you know, 
when I think about that person at the beginning of 2020 who just lost their job and who felt so hopeless, while I can absolutely see where that mindset was coming from, I can only see growth when I think about that person. And I have no hatred for who I was. I have so much love for my past self, but I also have so much love for my current self because I've chosen strength. Every single part of my journey has been infused with my strength and me being a fucking warrior and deciding that this is not going to be the end of my story. And that's what makes it not the end of my story, right? Because consistently there have been so many times throughout this lockdown period, throughout this pandemic that I've thought of giving up. I've thought of giving up on my business. I've thought of even moving back home, which I've definitely ruled out of the book, but that was a serious concern of mine. Like I thought that I was going to have to go back to a place where I wasn't supported emotionally or in any other way because it would have been my only option. I've thought of, you know, just giving up on everything on myself, on my dreams, on even my relationship, just because I felt like I don't deserve anything. And to be in this place where I am today, where I can balance the good with the bad, but also truly act towards abundance, act towards faith, act towards my passion. It's honestly been a personal revolution and it's been a revolution that I didn't have to go on. That's been the biggest part of all of this is every time that I've had to put pull my bootstraps up and get a job or figure something out because I was in student loan debt or I was still a student and every time that my whole entire world and whole entire existence blew up, I had to figure something out. Like it was not a choice. I had to do it. And this time there was more of a choice because I could have sat here with the benefits that I was receiving and decided not to work a single day. I could have decided to give up on my business or take a break from everything or do the things that would cause me less stress. And while I've been able to also work on my stress and my burnout and been able to manage my work in a much healthier way, I still chose the hard route. I still chose to get up and start fighting and get back in the ring. That has been an invaluable life experience for me. And I don't mean for this to turn into me bragging or anything like that, but I just want to share myself with you as an example of how strong you really can be. And I had a friend just the other day say the sweetest thing to me, and if you're listening, hi, sending you so much love, but she said that she was in some sort of um, course or program and they had to write down, you know, people who they admire, people who choose growth. They sent me a message saying that I was one of the people that they wrote down because they have seen how I have struggled to get clients, how it's been, you know, an up and down journey for me, but how I have consistently decided to show up and how they were having similar struggles with not having clients, but they gave up on things altogether. And It really touched me to hear that and to see that someone else has recognized my journey as well. And that was part of what added to my motivation to share my story and share this part of my journey with you. Because I realized that 
it is a tale of strength. It is a tale of faith. And it is a story of, you know, putting one foot in front of the other, even if you don't have all the answers. And there's something I wanted to add in here about manifestation and co-creation, because I've talked about this a little bit before on my podcast, but I've truly discovered what the meaning of co-creation is over the last couple of years. And what I mean by that is could have had the choice to take time off and to just relax. I'm not talking about taking a week off or, you know, having weekends or having hours to myself because I do that all the time. But I'm talking about having a whole year or two years where I could have not worked and just enjoyed the benefits of that. While that was an option on the table, in some ways, it wasn't really an option that I truly considered for myself. And that's because I, like I said, I really believe in manifestation and I really believe in co-creation. And so every time I chose to get up and work on my business, every time I decided to release a new podcast episode or create a new offering or launch something else, I did that because I was trying to tell the universe or I was telling the universe, hey, this is what I want my life to be. I want my life to be this work that I'm doing, this purpose that you have given me. And I want you to help me and support me while I do this. And the universe has fucking showed up. Just because I didn't have my clients support me over the last couple of years doesn't mean that the universe didn't show up for me. And that's what people say when they say that it may not happen in the way that you think, but it will happen because the universe does have your back. And that started with me losing my job and everything snowballing into a situation that I couldn't control and me still deciding even then that I was going to use this as an opportunity to grow my business. Through this decision after decision after decision, I am working towards this being my real life. And it's not an option anymore or a hypothetical or a dream. It is something that is really happening. And I'm excited to share this with you now because I can't wait to update you later in another year or even in six months or even in three months when I have multiple clients and I am full-time in my business for you to show you that this is proof of it happening, right? But like I said at the beginning, I didn't want to wait until then because even if it takes longer than I think or even if it doesn't happen in the way that I expect, this is still an important story that should be shared. I also wanted to say that in part of my practice of receiving, in part of my practice of growing my money mindset has been not overcommitting, not overloading myself with work, not worrying about being endlessly productive and also not promising things that I don't want to do. So because I was so anxious, because I was so angry, because I was so worried, I spent the first six to eight, even more months of 2020 and of this time being at home, totally freaking out and overloading myself with productivity. I made an Instagram post just today about how I used to punish myself with productivity. I never let myself rest. I let I forced myself to go from one thing to another. I would force myself to be as perfect as possible. I would get so angry with myself when I didn't finish something on time or when I made a mistake and I didn't do things perfectly. And I've grown so much in that area, but that has been a huge part of me receiving as well is taking a 
away that burden and that stress and those expectations of myself because it was again it was a form of punishment it was like I don't I don't deserve to receive good things I don't deserve to look at this situation that should be bad in my life and make it a good thing that's where my thought process was coming from there was so much forcefulness in it and angry energy and just energy of low self-worth and I do want to mention here that a lot of these thoughts that I am verbalizing now were were said to me by my parents. A lot of the energy of just not being enough or being a failure because I was receiving benefits or being a failure because I lost my job, a lot of those things were directly said to me. So of course, I was internalizing it and continuously saying it to myself as well. It, it was truly how I felt in the place that I was coming from. But by giving myself time to rest, by writing myself a to-do list of things that I knew I could accomplish and stopping there, it was a massive rewriting in my ability to receive. It all connects because allowing yourself rest is another form of allowing yourself to receive. Allowing yourself to not be burdened and not be laboring all the time is a massive aspect of self-worth, right? Because you know that you are not earning that worth through your labor. You are not earning that worth through your productivity. You are inherently worthy. And so you don't have to hide behind these things or use these things as vehicles to prove your worth to yourself. And another aspect of that is setting boundaries. I have been able to set a boundary with my family by not communicating with them currently and going very low contact to no contact. I have been able to set stricter boundaries with, you know, the time that a session ends and not going overtime by raising my prices as well. And it shows me how I value myself and what I'm willing to give. So speaking of a boundary being raising my prices or setting my prices, you know, I used to be able to be kind of talked into a discount or I used to feel bad when someone said that they couldn't pay. But at this point, I have become much more strict. My prices are my prices and that's pretty much it. And unless I say that I'm doing some sort of sale or I am doing a week-long discount or giving away a scholarship spot, those are all ways that I can continue to be generous and continue to, you know, make sure that I am awarding different aspects of its accessibility while still making it my choice because it was my choice to run a flash sale or because it's my choice that I'm doing some sort of discount for a holiday or whatever it is that puts me back in the position of power and in the position of it still being my boundary that I'm within the realm of. And what's so interesting about the people who ask for discounts or who constantly say that they can't afford my prices but still want me to work with them is that even with my low cost offerings, I am not selling out of those, right? Those same clients that want discounts aren't purchasing what I'm offering for a lower cost. And I think that in itself speaks a lot about the type of person that is going to come to you and ask for these things, right? And again, I completely understand. I mean, this whole episode has been about finances. So now I know that you know that I understand that sometimes finances are tight and sometimes some, some things just aren't accessible to you. And that's why, again, I continue to have free content. But with my $11 workshop, that is over an hour of powerful exercises and so much wisdom was dropped into that workshop, but no one has bought it, right? And it's 
it's my lowest cost offering. It's $11. My meditation bundles are so impactful. I worked and spent so much time writing those meditations. I did those meditations multiple times myself to test them. I sent them to others to be tested and for feedback. I created a companion journal and spent so much time and energy curating the questions and working on that. And that hasn't sold out either. People have downloaded the free one, but they haven't purchased the lower cost offerings, right? And so I just want to put that out there that you might be in the position that I was where you're convincing yourself that your prices are too high, that you are charging too much, but you need to focus on the value that you are bringing your clients. Just because I have something at a lower cost doesn't mean that people are going to flood it and immediately sell it out. You know what I mean? That was an important lesson for me to learn because for so long, I was telling myself, you're not getting clients because your prices aren't low enough. And I felt that that was being confirmed by the people who were constantly asking me for discounts. And I realized that it wasn't about those people and it wasn't about my prices. It is about me committing to the value that I'm offering and setting that boundary. And I believe that the universe also brought me those problems and brought me those issues so that I would be more confident in my pricing and so that I wouldn't waver on it, right? Because I know what I'm offering. And it also makes sense that after, you know, a year, a couple years goes by, it makes sense as a coach or as a service provider to raise your prices because you have more experience. You are gaining experience. You are learning in the meantime. And all that leads to you being more knowledgeable, to you being able to serve at an even higher level. And that calls for raising your prices, right? So even if you think, oh, well, just nothing's happened. It's just six months have gone by and now I'm raising my prices. You're selling yourself short because I know how much you've healed and grown and learned and practiced and served others in that time. And that has all contributed to the higher knowledge that you have, the additional experience that you have. I just want to add here that getting something for free isn't the same as investing in yourself. And I might be calling you out a little bit here, but I could bet that even if you are someone who absolutely loves this podcast, who learns a lot from it, you probably haven't downloaded every single PDF of attached prompts that I've added in the show notes. You probably haven't done every exercise or asked yourself every question that I mentioned in this podcast, and that's fine. But that's also because it's available for free. You can count on new episodes coming out. You can count on, you know, it, it showing up in your subscriptions for free every month or every couple of weeks, right? And so because of that, you expect it and you may also value it a little bit less, right? And I'm not, I have plenty of personal growth podcasts that I absolutely love that I value so much, but even I can say that I haven't done every single exercise or taken every bit of advice that I have learned in those podcasts, even if I know it would be helpful. But when I take that same creator and I spend money towards their service or their offering, it's a whole different ballgame. When I recently signed up for one-on-one -on -one coaching in June and July, I showed up to every single session. I wasn't late to any of those sessions. I took notes or I was as present as I could possibly be. I did the homework that was given. I really put my all into it because I was paying for it, right? It was not the same as a free download that I got sent to my email or as a free podcast. It was someone giving me one-on-one -on -one attention and I was sure as hell 
going to show up for it because I paid a lot of money for it. Even times where I have purchased a membership of someone's that that was a much lower cost than the one-on-one coaching, even that impacted how I showed up because I wouldn't do every single exercise. I wouldn't log in every single day. I wouldn't check in every week. And I would let weeks go by where I was paying for a membership service and I wasn't even using it because I was paying such a low amount. So I just want to make that clear that there is a difference when you are investing in yourself versus when you get something done for free. It's a massive difference. And a lot of the time you do get what you paid for, not even from the coach, but from yourself, right? You are more invested when you put some stake in the game, when you have some skin in the game. It does make a difference. I'm so glad I listened to my gut and ended up sharing this story. I was so nervous. I was second guessing if I should do it or not. But my hope in sharing this story was so that you could be inspired and know that it's possible to change your narrative. Even if you don't have piles of money or tons of resources, even if you don't have a lot of support around you, you still get to dictate what your present moment is. You get to dictate what your future will look like, what you're willing to tolerate, what you want your boundaries to be. But you have to take control of your life on your own. You have to be the one to make those decisions and sometimes take the hard route and see things through. If I had listened to what everyone else in my life wanted me to do, if I had listened to even my own ego, which was telling me that the only way to be safe was to be sitting behind a desk working for someone else, I would not be nearly as happy and as strong and as faithful as I am now. I've become a more interesting person, a stronger person, someone who has more stories and more skills and more talents, and someone who's not afraid to go after what they want. And that drive, that passion, that spark is within all of us. We just have to ignite it. We have to let it lead the way. And sometimes that's scary, but I promise you it is always worth it. If you're listening to this going, I want that change, I want that drive, I'm not asking my three-month coaching program is for you. These next three months will be dedicated to figuring out what expectations you're burdening yourself with. What choices you've been making that you don't really want to make. What beliefs you're holding onto that have just been limiting you and holding you back. And we're going to do a 180 on all of those beliefs. We're going to uncover what your authentic self looks like and feels like and acts like. And you are going to unleash that person inside of you that you've been wanting to be for so long. Even if there's not a certain change you're trying to make or something in mind that you're trying to work on, every single person has limiting beliefs. Every single person has dealt with societal conditioning and an inner critic and being talked down to by other people. And whether that's made you give up on something, whether that's stopped you or prohibited you from even starting in the first place, we'll use this time to figure out what you actually want, who you actually want to be. We'll come together and you will have a place to finally be held, finally be seen as all of who you are. I use so many different skills and tools and modalities in my coaching and you can read about all of that on my website. But the main force of my coaching is loving you, hearing you, and really seeing you. That's what makes such a big impact for all of my clients. I'm not making decisions for you. I'm not telling you there's a right way or a wrong way. I am simply here for you out of love, helping you rewrite your stories, helping you rewrite your narrative. But you ultimately get to decide what that's going to be. You have the choice. 
this is your time to evolve. So if this three-month coaching program sounds right for you, if my story has inspired you, I will leave the link to the page where you can learn more and apply for the program down in the show notes below. The deadline to apply is September 30th, so make sure that you get your application in before then. And just so you know, there's only four spots available. So if this is something you're thinking about or something you're interested in, definitely make sure. So don't sleep on it. Make sure you get your application in so that we can start your new chapter. Thank you so much, as always, for joining me for another episode of Is It Worth It? If you've been enjoying this episode and think it would be helpful for others, please make sure that you rate and review the podcast. It really helps me so, so much in supporting the podcast and helping it reach new audiences. And if you are able to write a review and email me a screenshot at hello at betigrewup.com, you'll be able to receive 10% off of any of my single session services. So that includes single session self-worth coaching and single session tarot readings. All links to my other content, my services are all going to be in the show notes below. Thank you again so, so much. I deeply appreciate your listenership and I hope you have a beautiful day ahead.